Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages, welcome to another episode of A Spirited Debate. Same wonderful group, different topics, as we said, new year, new rules. Welcome, gentlemen. How's everybody doing? I am doing oh, oh. fantastic. Great! What's up, everybody? We are We're on our way! Well. <laughs> we are on our way. Promoted! <laughs> no, seriously. How's, how's everybody doing? I've new year, guys. new me. I've missed you. Oh, don't start that shit. <laughs> yeah. I've got my New Year's resolutions all lined, lined up. up. <laughs> we, had that, we had that discussion. We're not doing it again. No. Um, all right. So uh, another week has passed. Anybody notice any difference so far in 2021? Anything, anything different? Yeah, I've got three apps lined up for my New Year's resolutions. So I got, I got those. Yeah. Uh, how about We're the drinking app? Go. Still using An app for... Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Anything new though about 2021? I mean, no, I mean not for me. Same. Everything looks ex- yeah, it looks exactly the fucking same. What the fuck? Did I just lose my mic? No. Oh no, no it did on this one. Fuck. Yep. I, I I think that tells us how things are going. Yeah, 2021's a shit show. You just, you just summed it up in one mic incident. That was weird. Yeah, my mic just dropped. There you out. go. There you go. That's you fun. dropped the mic. <laughs> Boom. Drop out. the mic. Drop the mic. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's back that up too. God, we're all see. This is what happens when you take two weeks off. You got to knock off the rust, start all over. Are you guys okay? Everybody just looks thrilled to be here. Are we all right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. I don't know. I, 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 I'm staring yeah. at you, staring back at me, and I'm like, "Are we okay?" I mean, if you're going to keep trying to drag this stuff out of us, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we're fine. <laughs> All right. Do you not uh, want us to be fine? Is quit that projecting on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah quit projecting. <laughs> I apologize. That's what I do. All right. So let's let's get into our episode. And again, you know, we have had some time off, but let's get back into it. So let's start with our drinks. We're going to go around the room. I will go first. Grinch, you had mentioned it the other day, and I thought I would give it a shot. So I actually went and bought myself some Dr Pepper cream soda. And so I decided instead yes. of a rum and coke, I was going to do rum with Dr Pepper. And I know you've already seen it. I'm drinking out of the fishbowl. So yeah, I'm doing the, uh, the St. Pete Distillery's rum, drinking with the Dr. Pepper cream soda. And it's funny, I tried it, the cream soda by itself, and it, it hits you like Dr. Pepper first, and then the cream soda is on the back end. So I, when I first drank it, I was like, oh, it's fucking Dr. Pepper, big deal. And then it's like, oh, zing, there it is. Okay, that's not bad. So yeah, not too bad. I just never thought I would hear somebody talk about Dr. Pepper. Like they were talking about like wine or something. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Admittedly, this was a game changer for me though. Oh, was I was okay. Dr. Pepper and cream soda. That was a game changer. Are you a Dr. Pepper fan just by nature? I am. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Look, I learned something for fucking 30 years. Sweet, I just learned something sweet new. Pepper. All right. <laughs> the sweet, <one>. sweet. <laughs> exactly. He was actually an American Idol contestant. That dude was. In case you're wondering. I don't know that. Wow, I learned something there. Yeah, you did. All right, let's move around the room. Uh, Mac, what are you drinking, brother? I, I've seen you sipping away on something. Yeah. I, uh, Me tea? No, it's a pina colada, actually. I, I got a set of mixers. Um, so I, I just pulled out one of the mixers and mixed it with some of the uh, bamboo rum and uh, a little bit of ice, shake it up. It's pretty good. It's, you know, with the mixers, it's kind of quick and easy, but um, you know, it doesn't take a lot of thought process, so. All right, two down, two rum drinks. All right, can we? Will it be a clean sweep? Uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Haas, what about you? Shaking your head, no. So clearly, you just answered my question. 
Yeah, no, no. Uh, so no. What are you doing? Uh, no, no, did not go rum. I'm doing the mes- mezcal Rita. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I pulled out nice. the mezcal that Max sent. Um, and it, God, it smells good by itself. It tastes good by itself. Uh, but I, I wanted to be uh, pure to the podcast and do a mezcal Rita. Kind of asked Max's opinion, or did ask Max's opinion, and kind of looked at some recipes and kind of played around with it. And I'm doing it's it's the it's the mezcal it's um what 16 cls of that eight cls of grand marnier eight cls of sweet and sour mix and then i found a recipe online that said don't want some orange juice so i did eight cls of orange juice and mixed it all together and uh i would splash of lime and it's it's i i could sip on this all day yeah this is quite good CLs. <laughs> clearly the... Uh, centiliters. Yeah. yeah yeah i get it i'm just saying clearly living overseas is starting to rub off on you you know, when in Rome, homie. Uh, go to orgies. I don't. What are we saying? Well, yes, Vienna, Vienna is quite known for their for their sex. I mean, there's. You walk out the front of our building and you walk about tw- twelve paces to the right, and there's a little um, uh, uh, swingers house club thing, mabob. Uh-huh. And it was funny when they they gutted it because they had a water leak and there was the trash bin out front, and they were throwing all the old stuff out, and there was like doors with like these giant freaking cock handles. We'd be coming back from the grocery store, we'd be giggling and pointing like we were little boys, you know, like little teenage boys, taking pictures and sending it to people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's normal life here. That's what you do with your Friday night. Interesting. Cock-handled doors All in right. the, the road. Are you getting those installed in your house too? Yeah, like walk me through what you told your realtor you were looking for. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured it out. <laughs> that was good. That was good. All right, All right Grinch. Uh, let's march on. What What are you drinking today? I I believe this is called a beer. <laughs> Complicated. You open the can and pour it in a glass. Enjoy. But, uh, yeah, I I think I've done this this particular brand of beer before. But full steam. They're out of Durham. This one is called the Humidity. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's the humidity. It's the humidity. Your humidity. How many? How many? How many? Where's the bingo card? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, I, I know we've we mentioned this as well. I know, like the Florida, you know, whole Tampa, greater metropolitan areas, got what forty plus breweries. I think it is probably yeah. pushing sixty. Uh, Raleigh Durham doesn't have a tremendous amount. But they've they've got some decent ones. Uh, certainly nothing on the par of like Asheville, but you know, um, but they they do solid work. I I like full steam stuff, so that's what I'm drinking. Very nice, easy going. You can probably just burn through a couple of those if you have to. So yeah, it's not complicated. That's for no, sure. That's it. All right, so. Those are our drinks for this episode. Let's move on to our topic. So the, the topic I chose and the reason I chose it is because a number of you ha- are in this particular situation currently or very close to it. And that was the discussion of student debt, uh, where student loan debt is, you know, what are the issues related to it, the choices that have to be made as parents. And obviously, you know, having three kids and they are all either out of college or in college. It, it obviously forces a parent to ask a number of questions when it comes to, you know, where's my son or daughter going and how much debt am I going to incur? How much can I commit to their education? Child, do so you forth. love more? Right, pretty much. <laughs> That's why you only had one, isn't it? Didn't have to, That's right. You don't have to make a decision then. I was smart. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fucking ridiculous thing. As somebody that went on, obviously, a little later in life and pursued a bachelor's in fine arts and a master's in fine arts, 
Uh, I am currently at almost 45 years old. I'm, I'm just at a hair under $80,000 in student debt. Now, again, if I had incurred that debt, you know, 18 to 22 years old, it'd be different. But again, because I went to school later in life, I'm now sitting on nearly 80 grand in debt. That sucks for someone at my age who is making a fairly decent wage, but imagining somebody at 21, 22, 23, getting out of school, being, you know, 60, 80, hundred grand in debt, now having to make some life choices about the job they're trying to get, how much they're going to owe, deferring their loan, forbearance, and all this other bullshit. So I was like, I know a number of you are at that, that place right now where your kids are focusing on going to college, what's the next step, and what kind of questions you have to ask yourself about their educational situation you know, in terms of going to a university, going in-state, out-of-state, what kind of education. You want to provide the best, but obviously, much like when we discussed healthcare, the, the financial burden related to healthcare, the same exists for education, and that's fucking ridiculous. So that is the topic that I wanted to debate today was kind of the student debt, student loan debt right now, as it is in the state of America, and what y'all's thoughts were on that, especially since you do have kids that are approaching that very crucial age and some decisions do have to get made for you. So that is what we are talking about. So anybody care to jump us off? I would like to go ahead and first say that in 2020, the student loan debt is $1.68 trillion and is growing six times faster than the nation's economy. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I saw that the figure, figure that you just threw out there, Thor. Yeah. And, and it just completely floored me that, that you know that, that we have that much debt um you know for people and, and you're basically straddled with it out of the gate you haven't even gotten your really gotten your first job yet right and you're already in the hole yeah. um and how do you you know we, we've had that discussion in our house you know how do you justify putting yourself behind the eight ball and going to school but you have to find you, you know it seems like today you have to have a four-year degree at minimum to, to even get in the door somewhere. Um, well, we recommended our kids go and get like a, a, HV, a HVAC degree. Or trade school. Degree or, yeah, the trade, uh, trade school type stuff. Because I know when I was still living in Tennessee and working, uh, one, of, one of the attorneys I worked for, was uh, he was the head of this organization where they were trying to help facilitate jobs around Tennessee. And the number one jobs that they were, they were needing to fill were trade skill jobs. You just can't find anybody. You can't find enough quality welders or enough quality HVAC people or so on and so forth. And so... That's what we recommended because you know people people realize those those cats they make a shit ton of money. Oh, it's it's eighty it's bucks not, just to get somebody out yeah. to your house. That's not even just I mean that's just to step in your door. It's eighty bucks usually for a service call for for plumbing, HVHC, any of that kind of stuff. The um, problem is so yeah, they're doing that right. dream of being a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, not thinking that well, first of all, you're going to probably work the same amount of hours or more, but you're the bang for buck. You're not getting it, and and it's like a dog eat dog world, and everyone's wearing milk bone underwear. Whereas, you know, go 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 be an apprentice, get a degree, you know, in a trade skill job, be an apprentice for a few years, then all of a sudden you're making a shit ton of money, union or non-union, and you can just you know make your own business. I mean, we have a friend, right, BH, who. I mean, he, his family has made a living off of doing that kind of work and a pretty well, good living as I understand it. Yeah. Go, Grinch, you want to, uh, you look like you were queuing up to say something. Yeah. I mean, you know what it looks like just, you know, again, doing some, some notional searching around the internet here, you know, for the, I, I, and I realized we didn't say this for the audience. We're obviously talking about the United States college university system, but um, 
in 2019, average student debt coming out of college was 28,950, you know? So, I mean, to the, to the point we're making it, you're pretty certain to be coming out of college with some type of debt. Now, typically I got it, you know, the interest rates are super low. You, you can pay them off over an extended period of time, but it's still there and it's hanging over your head. I mean, you know, Mrs. Grinch and I were talking earlier today about this because coincidentally, you know, daughter one is submitting all her college applications and her financial aid. And in some cases, you know, what the college will come back with is, you know, accepted and here's what we're going to, you know, give you some type of scholarship offer or whatever, you know, we're, we're, we're like 4,000 ish dollars from finishing off our student loans. <laughs> right. And uh, okay. But you graduated in your twenties. <laughs> yes. We've had it since we graduated. Right. We've we managed it because the interest rate is pretty low. It wasn't a priority, but it's always been there. And something and you have like to account so for sick of that stupid bill. Yeah. You know, certainly Mrs. Grinch far more than I, but I, I mean, I will say, uh, I think a difference a little bit for us is we weren't as well educated. We didn't really have the internet. We just knew we were supposed to go to college. That's the next step. At some point we were told to fill out financial aid forms. You know, I know we had the hope scholarship, which I lost. You know, Pell grant and yeah, other things. Yeah. Um, so I just took for granted, like, well, college is what you're supposed to do next. And I know the point Haas you were making is there are a lot of other avenues that can lead to, fairly lucrative or at least financially viable paths in life, especially in IT because IT is so well, certification heavy. And that, that's what I was going to hit on, right? I mean, you know, I did not graduate from college. Um, but to your point there, Grinch, you know, I, I've gone through the path of certifications and, and kind of almost, you know, you want to call it on the job kind of training to learn a lot of the different skills that, you know, when, when I shifted jobs recently, you know, that, that was a problem I had was there was no four-year degree on your resume. So you didn't even get through the automated filter that, that most, you know, to get to an HR person to look at your resume and say, okay, well, yeah, but he's got, you know, 17 years of experience in this uh, field. So, you know, if, if he graduated, you know, 20 years ago with a degree in IT, none of that's relevant today, right? So you have to look at what your field is as well to see, you know, if, you know, a college degree is, is right for you. But, but like I said, unfortunately, with, with automated processes and hiring now, if you don't have something on there that says, you know, you have a four-year degree somewhere, you, you don't even get to talk to anybody. And, and that seems problematic to me as well. Well, and, and I guess it's, it is kind of frustrating coming from the, you know, working in education as a teacher, talking to students, you know, and, and Grinch, like you're talking about in Haas, like you mentioned, like going to trade school, a lot of even secondary education in high school there, they are trying to position students for a vocation, right? I mean, you do have your general education, your math, your science and all that, but now they really are trying to funnel students from the, the time they hit the door as freshmen in high school going, look, look well, for know, a vocation because that's going to be better. They, they start shortly after grade school here and they start testing them to find out what their aptitudes are, are for, what, you know, and they start funneling them in, in that direction and they take away all the other bullshit peripheral crap they're not going to need. Look, if you have an aptitude um, to, be a, to be a chef, 
why why do you need to you know study biology you know class. well i mean sure yeah, probably not I mean, biology i mean some science maybe right like some chemistry chemistry what might, be, what might yeah. be appropriate but i mean physics you know there's certain math i mean after a certain math or you don't think you need anything but yeah i i think it's interesting because i know uh one of us used used to teach and uh that that was kind of what you did right you were in the process of teaching uh young people to do what you went to school for right right yes yeah so but again that that's them i mean did you guys as freshmen in high school did you have any idea what you were wanting to do like we weren't pushed yes. like I had students coming in as freshmen in high school taking digital cinema production, graphic design, things like that. But I didn't know as a freshman, you know, even, you know, my youngest daughter. I graduated. what I wanted to do. Right. But my youngest daughter actually joined a vet program here as a freshman in high school because she was like, oh, I want to be a veterinarian. And then two years in was like, I don't fucking want to be a veterinarian. You know, and it's like, so you think you do, but I mean, that's a young age and you're impressionable. Your friends are doing this and that. And so I'm like, I get why they're doing it. The old theory right? versus reality. Yeah, I get why they're doing it, but well, it's like, damn. And that, that's know. one thing that, that I've seen that some of the colleges are doing now. They, they don't actually even let you declare a major until your sophomore year. Um, Smart. You know, a lot of people, you know, it used to be, you know, you could come in as a freshman and declare your major and go ahead and start taking classes. They won't let you do that until your sophomore year the now. The problem is, is that, you know, and I think it's probably still this way. If you want to be a international you know maritime law major i mean there are certain programs throughout the country that are the creme you know the creme de la creme and the cream of the crop you don't you don't want to go to what's the matter you university to study something when that's not their specialty or they don't have the the background of being on the top so i think that's where that pressure comes from is you need to know your major right because you need to be going to a school that specializes in or, or ranks top or highly in that area and, and right. that's where the community colleges even come, kind of come into play because you can go to a community college for a year or two, take those general education classes for a fraction of the cost until you decide what it is you want to do and then make that decision. Okay, you know, I, I want to be a vet. So, you know, one of the preeminent vet schools is North Carolina State. You know, so you decide then, okay, now I'm going to make that jump. Um, so you, you have to, you know, you have to weigh those options as well. If we yeah, kick it back, I, sorry, go ahead, Grinch. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I was going to tee up a question that what you were about to get to, Thor. But I, I was, gonna, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I think yes, there are other there are other paths that have developed. I mean, you know, the girls are both going to be just shy of like their associate's degrees finishing high school because they're able to take so many AP classes or a take or, or take a class at the community college, which they both do. So, and, and we've had that discussion with them, you know, like, as they're looking at a university or whatever, you know, sure, our alma mater, you know, it'd be great if they went, I, I don't care at the end of the day, they need to go to the program that's best for them. And like you said, Haas, you want to get, like, you feel the gravitational pull to those big names. And, you know, for North Carolina, we'll just say it's Duke, you know, is probably the biggest one, one of the hardest to get into statistically because they get so many applicants. But, but at the end of the day, the degree is what gets you where you need to go. You know, like, yeah, I mean, if you go, like you said, <laughs> Miskatonic U, you know, or some random college, you know, you might get an eyebrow raise. But if it's an accredited <laughs> university, well, that well, is truth, a degree. Well, and, and I think truth be told, the attorney that I, that I worked with in Atlanta that I followed out to Vegas, who's now the managing shareholder of a major law firm, national, global law firm, 
He, yeah, he got his undergrad at Cornell, but he, he, he went and got his law degree at Georgia State. And he Which called me in his office. Law school. He yeah. called, yeah, he called, well, it was, when he went, it wasn't like unknown. He, I think he was like one of the first classes to graduate. But when, but what he, what he said to me when we first met was, he's, you know what the difference is between them and me? You know, yeah, he was a, he was a couple years further behind most of those people. He's like, their law school debt is like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mine is not. And we're getting paid the same rate. And so well, to your point, Grinch, it's, it's, that's right. At the end of the day, sure, if you know what you know and you can prove to your employer that you know that, it doesn't really matter where you got it from. I, I think the, the advantage you get to going to, say, like a Duke or, you know, a big-name school like that is, is kind of the, the alma mater behind it, right? You know, you, that, that – It carries weight. It carries weight. It is it's networking. You know, oh, it's networking. Thank you, Moss. That's, that's the word I was looking for. You know, when our oh, daughter was looking I know at this job Mar. is available over here, right? And, and my buddy's got a you know Duke graduate coming out. Right. Let me let me make that connection for you. Right. Um, but you're right. I mean, you know, a degree it's, it's, from Duke because we all know a degree from NC, you know, North Carolina. You, just, all, you know, using North Carolina schools, obviously, but. But sometimes it is what who you know and not what you know, and, and that networking can play a part, can play a big part. Well, I, yeah, as you say, Thor, I know I didn't get back to me saying I was going to ask a big question, and maybe maybe this is where you're going. We talked with healthcare, and I think we had universal agreement <laughs> that it should be a basic right. Is college or university a basic right? And then I would say the, the question that quickly follows that is, but as a country, would, and it, isn't it in our best interest to, make to put our best and brightest in the right position to be able to do it? Because well, it, it's not a right. I don't think it is. You don't and, think it's a right it, to be educated, no, that everybody but, has a right but to be educated? To an extent, right? We, but, we all have kids. College is not for everybody, right? Somebody exactly. has to wash the dishes. That's my point. Oh, we, we all have so, kids. And I will tell you, my son and my wife and I have had this conversation a lot. He's never going to be a CEO. He's never going to own a company. He's never going to be an executive. He works a menial job. He loves it. He's good at it. He pays his bills. He pays his taxes. He's happy. Okay, there you go. And we knew, we knew years and years and years ago that he was not college material. I don't know if we can all say that we all know that about our kids or if our parents knew that about us. But, I mean, I think your point is, is well-founded, Mac, which is not everybody's supposed to go to college. But Shouldn't we be finding avenues for people younger and steering them down those avenues so that they can gather that knowledge base and build that foundation earlier and sooner and stronger instead of saying you need to take 20 different classes, half of which or and that's being generous, I think half of which you'll never use again a day in your life. Yeah, I got tired of that shit in high school when you took algebra and they're like, you'll totally use this. No, I won't. No, I fucking won't. You liar. Yeah, I you know, Grinch, no, what I was going to say was actually different, but I totally understand what you're saying. I, you don't think it's a right. I do. I well, absolutely think it is a right that everyone should have access to education. Now, whether or not you choose to take that access, that's on you. But I think we, I think we as a country, we, we owe that and saying, so you're talking post-secondary education. Yeah. I mean, I think and, and that includes you have access to it. I think not. all, all, it doesn't matter. Post-secondary doctoral. I think you give the access. If somebody chooses to take it, that's on them. If they don't, you're right. There are dishwashers and garbage men and whatever, but I think we owe people a right of access to education. And that's what we deny in post-secondary and on. We're, we're, we're not giving anybody. It's like, if you want it, 
you have to, you know, if you can't afford it, you have to apply for the loans and so on. And, and Mac, you mentioned North Carolina State's vet program. Let's take my daughter, for instance. I live in Florida. She goes to high school here. That's a great program in North Carolina State, as you've said. I don't yeah. know. And you're if not she wants, there. right, if she wants to go there, now she's got to pay out-of-state tuition. So yeah. she is now no longer entitled to the best well, education in her field uh, without. That, that's not necessarily true because I have found that there are, you know, states that have kind of, come together um, in, in the different regions. And so if, if in your case, you know, she wants to be a vet, so there isn't a, a good vet school in Florida, you can then apply to go to a vet school in one of the reciprocating states and pay in-state tuition if that same, same degree is not available in your state. You or mean or it that offered same anywhere in my state, right? right is what you're right. saying? Yeah. Okay. But uh, so they, they are working on some programs like that to try and you know, but you can't just say, you know, like, you know, oh, I want to go to the University of North Florida because I don't want to be in North Carolina anymore right. and, and expect them to, you know, give you in-state tuition. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and Dora, I, I just want to back up to something, though, and, and I'll preface this with saying I'm not, I'm not completely opposed, but when I say it's a right or not a right, I've got, there's a lot of nuance in there that I think is worth discussing of incentivizing and setting up the right people and supporting them versus just saying a blanket statement. Right. Because I think we're all in agreement. Not everybody needs to go and you assume that, or you want to think good judgment would tell those that they just don't need to do that. <laughs> right. But we know, right. Society says this is what their next step is supposed to be. Parents get in their heads that they, they want to be proud and, and, and be able to bang on their chest that their kids going to this place to study this thing, whether that's what that kid even wants or not. I just want my kids to be happy. If being a garbage man makes you happy, that's Healthy all I care about. Healthy and happy. Yeah. That's all we've ever cared Right, about. but I want to get back to defining like what a right means. Okay. In, in, well, in oh, sorry. I, 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 I thought you were wrong. following up with sides like. <laughs> yeah. Well, and okay. I think, Grinch, maybe where you're going with that is, is you say, you know, maybe the, maybe the median, you know, the happy middle point is, okay, we've determined that these people should go on the next path. You know, they do qualified to go get you know, not, a doctorate I'll, or whatever. I'll mess with you a little bit and say who's we and who determines, but go ahead. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> well again, create, if we... We're going to create a panel of like seven people. Right. You know, and they're going to, you know, when they're not doing the death squad, they're going to do, you know... Well, if we... If we <laughs> you, your... Yeah, I mean, we're talking, you know, obviously we're not solving the world's issues here today. Just in general, you know... We're going to give it our decide, best <laughs> You decide that, okay, yeah, these people want to go and further their education. These people have decided, you know, that's not for me. I'm going to go the trade route potentially. You know, how do you get those people that are going to go to a four-year degree to be able to do that without coming out with, you know, $80,000 in debt? You know, I'm looking, you know, we're looking at scholarships now and stuff for our daughter. And, you know, we've been saving for a long time and, and you know, in the, in the savings program and everything. And you know, we've got $50,000 and I'm looking at it like, okay, that's going to get you, maybe halfway through your third year. Right. It burns quick. And, and yeah, it's like, where, where is all that money going? Why, okay. you know, why does it cost so much? Well, I, I guess we, that we can agree the system is broken and it's a racket. It's I a guess. Yeah. Cause it's for profit. Yeah, I, I love that it's right like over there. Here, it's for over here. It's not for profit. See, I could, I could go to the university of Vienna for like 600 euros a semester. 
See, I love that statement. It's for profit because that's the thing that frustrates the fuck out of me. As you see universities here, we're a nonprofit organization or a nonprofit university. No, the fuck you're not. You have 65,000 students paying 25 grand a year. You're getting money from the federal government. You are not a not-for-profit institution. And your highest paid, highest paid employee is a football coach. Right. You might have right. been. You might have been, but you are not not-for-profit anymore. You're making fucking money. I'm sorry. You are. And I know it's, it, it gets irritating they when turn people into throw businesses, that around. Yes. And that's the problem. Education, and we, we've talked about this. Healthcare and education should not be in the in the in the the marketplace to make money. It should not be for profit. And that's, well, that's what problem. I was going to circle broken. back to on Grinch because you drew the parallel to our healthcare discussion and saying that basic healthcare should be a right. Should education not be a right, in your opinion? Well, I, 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 in and, my and, opinion, and I'm not saying it with a caveat that says only yeah. the people that will do well with that right. In I my diagram, I mean, we, we give fucking, we give fucking jerk offs, the right to firearms, the good, yeah. the bad, the, you know, and they all have a right. So I mean, you could certainly make a case. Yeah, but we, we should also make a case that that shouldn't be a right. There's all sorts of issue between setting somebody up for a viable career yep. and putting them in a good position for better health. Well, cause you don't want to raise the resources, right? Cause you've got income. You probably have a better diet, maybe. I don't know. But either way, yeah, I mean, to me, healthcare is a no-brainer. Education gets a little more complicated in, in that I do think you want to set it up. And, and again, like I said, it's in our best interest to set up our best and brightest to be able to thrive to their full extent. As a nation, it is absolutely in our best interest. Right. It's just how do you pay for it is some of the concern, certainly, and all those complications that are in between of how it's run – well, you know, I think that, it's because. Well, you know, I, I tend to agree with Grinch on this, and I'll tell you why. But the, one of the reasons you want to make it a little bit harder and a little less accessible is because you want the people who are hungry for it to want to jump through the hurdles to get there, to do it, to have it, to want it. You don't just, look, if anybody could just go to med school, I mean, it's, it's the old joke. What, what do you call someone who finished, you know, last in their class at med school? Good Doctor. Doctor. Right. Yeah. You don't want that guy. I mean, you sh no one wants that guy looking over their health, right? We don't want people just flocking to careers because it's so accessible. There has to be something there that the hurdles and the hoops that they have to jump through them to pr for them to prove. You want to be able to wean out the people who really fine. aren't that hungry. Or and, and that I get, but if, I mean, and if that's what we want to debate as opposed to student debt, fine. Then you raise the education standard. You don't raise the fucking debt load. That should not that. be the Look, hurdle. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay raise with that. Raise the educational standard. Then you'll weed okay out the that. people. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? And so you just raise the level of educational standards. You'll weed out the people. Don't, don't go, if you can't afford a hundred grand, we just weed Yeah, no, out. I'm not talking about financial hurdles. I'm, I'm talking about, I guess where, where the wires are getting crossed here is when, when you say everyone should have the right, I don't necessarily agree with the right. Maybe everyone sh it should be accessible to yeah, be well, that's able what to I a said, certain the degree, right but access. I don't know about the right. Okay, and the okay. right of access only, only as it pertains to the financial burden that people are required to incur to get education. Remove that hurdle. Then the people that want it, you raise the educational standard. The people that want to push through, they'll do it. The people that don't, they won't. They'll weed themselves out. Uh, when I mean the I'm just talking not, it's just the right of access. Give everybody the right of access to education. Don't put a hurdle of financial burden in the way. No, I would agree. Now, with here's that. the question. Here's the question I have. But, if if you do that, and that's great in theory, Thor, right? Right. Isn't just everything like healthcare? Somebody's got to pay for it. So can you go ahead and open up your checkbook and sure. go ahead and just go sign it. us a a blank blank check? fucking check? Yeah. 
Yes. Um, because that, that's the problem, right? Just like with healthcare, who's going to pay for this now if you give everybody access to education? Uh, much like you and I have discussed in the past, and much like Europe kind of falls under this, you want to get an education, we'll give you a four-year education at no cost to you. You're required to do two or three years of service in a specific industry that your degree falls in. And they actually require civil services on top of that sometimes. Right. As well. I mean, there was, there were, uh, when my wife was going to the University of Florida in uh, art education, there were students, they would get their education paid for, but they had to teach in low income schools in the worst fucking cities, you know, and they had to do it for like three to five years. And if you did that, then you know what I'm saying? So if we did those types of things to offset, I think you would find more. It doesn't necessarily have to be that particular thing, but you go, yeah, we'll pay for your education, but you're going to give us, you know, three to five years in this specific industry that your degree that you pursued falls in. And then after that, you can do whatever you want. I will say, I mean, this is a niche answer in terms of a, a system that does that, which is any of the armed services, because any of the doctors or lawyers or any of those specialty degrees, that's more or less what the deal is, is like you sign on to the, you're going to come in, you started a slightly higher rank or an accelerated promotion, like dentists, same way, accelerated promotion and all your school debt is paid. So it's amount of service. Now that's just, if you're in the military, you know, that that answer is there. Right. But so, so is uh, that, is that different than like the GI bill then Grinch? Yeah. I'm asking that because yeah. I really don't know. So, okay. Yeah, the GI bill is something you qualify for from, from service. So like in my case, the Montgomery GI bill, which is what followed, um, or, I don't know. I get them backwards. Either way, there's the GI Bill and the Montgomery GI Bill passed two different times to address two different eras of service. Um, I transferred all of my credit, if you will, to my daughters. Okay. Now, I had to do it by a certain date because it, I accrued a three-year additional service obligation as part of that. But because I did it so early ahead of retirement, it didn't affect my retirement date. So in this case, I've given that all to them because I, I you didn't make have a degree. Them. Like what? Right. I don't want to go back to school. I have no interest. But but you have to you have to serve before you qualify for the yes. GI Bill, right? Yeah. Yes. The other way around, you go to school, become a doctor, it, it, and then serve your time in yes. the military. It's okay. a reward for honorable service. So like if you get discharged like dishonorably, you, you put a lot of those things in jeopardy of not qualifying. Yeah. Which I makes grinch. sense. So let me ask you a question because I understand like. My brother went in the military. He did six years in the Marine Corps, got out, got the GI Bill. He could go to school, right? Didn't have that until he served as – you went to school ahead of being commissioned as an officer. Did you incur debt load? And, and was that paid off by going yeah. in the military? No. Or no. – okay. Now, I mean, there were some times I was kind of chasing rumors that that existed. Um, I didn't go on scholarship until my junior year. Okay. So everything prior to that was student loans – and then once I was on scholarship, I mean, that pays for some basics. I mean, that pays your tuition and books. That doesn't pay for your apartment, you know, your gas, that kind of stuff. So the debt continued for the entirety of my, you know, 17 years at college. I think it was five-ish, but <clears throat> it addressed it. I just didn't commit to going into the military until my junior year. So yes, but no. <laughs> okay. And because I was just curious because I know like if you go to, again, we'll use you as an example because of the army, right? You go to West Point, there is no tuition That's because correct. the understanding is, right, you're going to serve in the military. So I didn't know because 
of the what you pursued in terms of ROTC and stuff like that, if you kind of fell into the same thing? I guess not. You did incur a certain amount of student yeah. debt. Okay. Yeah, all the service academies are the same way. Right. You 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 leave with no debt. Um, you do have a service obligation, I think, of six years. Right. Out of the academy. But you are going to serve. But you are going to serve. Right. Um, so it's like having a guaranteed job. You know, the day you walked out. Right. Um, and it is hard to get into. I don't want to give you know for anybody that's never you know pursued like to to get into an academy. You have to have a sponsorship from a member of Congress. Yeah. Um, and you are competing against a lot of folks. But but either way, back to um, the college cost. I mean, an interesting model, and I only know of one college that does this um, is Duke, which scales your tuition based on your household income. I, I didn't know that they did that. So. Uh, Somebody that we work with who went, whose son went there, she was the one that told us that. that they, Duke's a private institution, though, right? Yeah. So, so it changes. As right. far as being a... And that ain't hurting for money. Well, well I mean, right. They've got their whole, uh, what's the, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Um, foundation. Uh, foundation. I mean, I think you guys know what I'm getting at. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will say in terms of profit or not, and I don't, I, I, this is speculation. I don't know this. I would imagine some of these higher end universities or endowment, that's the word I think I was looking for, right. but um, are still wanting to go for profit because they do some really high end research and they want to chat, attract a lot of talent. Right. And yes, they're going to pay professors who are like world renowned to come there and yeah. Cause it helps absolutely. their brand, their publishing and then around the world, Nobel peace prize kind of research. So, I mean, I get it in a way. It doesn't make me excited about it in Korean debt, but uh, again, I was just looking at a, a couple of statistics just to stick with student loan. So nationwide, 43% of college attendees report they incurred some kind of educational debt. And today, 65% of graduates have some amount of student debt. Now, Grinch, I think you said in 2019, what was the stat? How much is the average debt? 2019? Do you remember? Um, $28,950. Okay. And 2020, it says 44.7 million students are in debt an average of 37,584. Well, and and I can't remember if I said this part, but it says more than six in 10 college seniors who graduated from public and private nonprofit colleges in 2019 had student loan debt and they owed an average of 28,950. It's a slightly lower share of the class from 2018 and a very slight decline in total debt from 2018. Right. Well, I can't remember. It's the, uh, it's the uh, all black college in Atlanta. Is it more, is it Morehouse? That sounds right. Is that the female? I can't remember. One's female, no, one's Morehouse male. Morehouse is the male one, I think. I think. Uh, the, was it like two years ago? The, the graduating, the, the, whoever the commencement speaker was, he's a paid, billionaire. paid the student debt for yeah, all a, of the graduating seniors. Yeah, he was a billionaire, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking kudos to him, man, because those, yeah. those kids are going to get out or got out with no student debt. That's fucking huge. Now, Mac, I know you said, well, who's paying for it? Shit, if I could open my checkbook and do it, I would, because there's such a huge benefit. Your daughter will figure it out. You know, Grinch, your kids are going to figure it out when they get out of school. To walk out the door, uh, my youngest is walking out the door with zero debt, zero. That's huge in terms of the decision she is afforded right. when it comes to a career. Yeah. Right. Because this is the exact conversation my wife and I've had. Where, when our daughter graduates, barring where she decides to go for her master's, she'll have zero debt. Every month, I, 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 I send a nice chunk of cash to Southern Utah University. Uh, and the discussion was is that we were willing to 
do whatever we had to do and made our sacrifices we had to make so she could leave college without debt because exactly what you were getting at. The decision-making process that comes into play when you have a mountain worth of debt and the job you're going to have to take versus the job you may want to take, I mean, that's, that's a huge difference. Right. Uh, and I know, I think- the, the, the problem you run into there is, you know, you can take that money that you're sending, put it into, you know, an investment opportunity and potentially make more than what the interest is going to be on your student loan. Right. And that's one of the things we're kind of talking about now is, is which does it make more sense for us to put that into, you know, an investment opportunity and then, you know, use the student loans that, that are going to come in at a much lower interest rate and then help maybe, you know, help pay those off later and or, you know, you don't want to, you know, okay. I'm going to just, your, I'm going to challenge idea. that real quick, Mac. Let's say that Bring you, 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 you pay, let's say your daughter's going to UNC and you pay her student debt right? Or you go with option B where you put that in something that can accrue and whatever. So, or let's say you decide, oh, we're going to invest it and we're going to, every month we're going to put money away. God forbid, God fucking forbid you and your wife get killed in a car accident three months from now, right? Versus if you just paid her student debt ahead of time. Or worse, what if the market tanks? Or the market tanks, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a gamble. There's no doubt about it. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. But here's the sad part about all of this is the fact that this shit's so freaking expensive. We're even having to have these conversations and debates on what was the best way to handle it. Yeah. Uh, and again, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm 45 years old, 80 grand in debt. Now I made the choice to pursue a bachelor's and a master's and that's on me. I knew what I was getting into. My parents were not in a position to just, you know, drop a hundred grand on my education at the time. And that's fine. But it's just like, when you're looking at kids getting out today, I mean, I'm thankful that my kids aren't going to have any student debt because us, like you said, like the decisions that you're forced to make in terms of the job you want or the job you have to take are so much different. Mac, like you and I talked about previously, the choices you make just in going to school, if the best education doesn't reside within your state, you still have to make some serious decisions. Well, do I go out of state and incur out-of-state debt? Is it worth yeah, it? Yeah, which is, is, is not, I mean, you know, we've looked at that, you know, we looked at a couple of out-of-state schools and, and could not justify. Um, thankfully, you know, we live in a state where we have, you know, a fairly large amount of, of, of good, good schools. You know, yeah, good schools. So we don't. Probably one of the most rich issue. states of education options. Yeah, in the entire U.S., I would think, right? But we can Pretty agree, close, probably. But yeah, we yeah, can I agree. Mean, we don't. There, there, there is something. You know, we've mentioned Duke. You know, we've mentioned North Carolina, UNC, North yeah, Wake Forest. You got Wake Forest. Yeah, but there's I mean, something from the school. top all the way down to the bottom. You got like a Western Carolina, where mm-hmm. very nice school, five hundred bucks a, tu- a semester for tuition, um, if you qualify. So, you know, you have a very large scale of different options here, which is, which is nice. Well, uh, and not again, all states have that. And I think that's, you know, where you were headed, Thor, is if you're in a state where, you know, you don't have access to some of that, you know, is it, you know, should you be punished for that? Right. Yeah. And, and again, I get in terms of access, when I say right of access, I'm simply talking from the financial standpoint, because if you raise the educational standards, if you're looking at a school and you go, our entry requirements are ABC, and if you meet those, that's fine. If you don't meet those, well, that's on you. You should have done better. I mean, that was my problem getting out of high school. My grades were shit. I had like a 1.6 GPA. I mean, I struggled through high school because I was an asshole. Uh, going into college, though, if you remove the debt burden, right, and then you just have 
the educational standard be your only requirement, be it ACT, SAT, whatever your grades are, your GPAs. I think that should be it. Now, Mac, I know you're like, how do you pay for it? We just, we have to find a way, much like healthcare. That's always going to be the question. Well, how the fuck do we pay for it? Well, what we first try to do is try to back out of this capitalistic approach to every goddamn thing we do. And that's part of the problem where we, healthcare is in that situation, education is in that situation. I'll be honest. One of the reasons I, I voted for who I voted for as president is because they were offering to alleviate student debt. I mean, that was just one of the things, but it's like, that's fucking huge. That's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I shit, with that. Uh, you know, um, and again, no, like Elizabeth Warren going, we'll absolve all debt. You got my vote, bitch. If you're going to absolve almost a hundred <laughs> grand of debt. Okay. I mean, yeah. but that didn't but matter. Again, they're, they're going to absolve your student debt. <laughs> your taxes are going to go up, right? The money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, they're they're going to get it from somewhere. And that's yeah. the, the, there's socialism right there for you. So that, And that's why most people don't want that. And I'm okay that with dirty, that. dirty, dirty, naughty word. No, and I'm not I'm saying okay it's a bad it. thing. I'm just saying. I'm okay with dirty concern, and naughty. <laughs> aren't we all, buddy? <laughs> I'm okay with all? that. Again, yeah, take it out of my paycheck. I mean, fuck, you're taking it anyway because I got to pay my well, student debt. And that's the thing here. I mean, you know, like I said, half of Mrs. Haas's paycheck goes to the government. It's, it's to pay for this kind of stuff. And we're right. okay with it. Why? Because it's the it's for the betterment of society, right? Yeah. The uh, uh, this is you know maybe like Granny Smith apples compared to Ooh, some I love Granny apple, Smith. but uh, I was just listening. I was listening Honey to Honey Crisp apples. the the Senate floor speech from Bernie Sanders talking about stimulus, the six hundred dollars versus the two thousand, and how right. it's referred to as socialism, which is just fucking laughable, but. McConnell can die in a horrible fire. Um, oh God! But, but his not, point, not soon uh, enough or often enough. Yeah. So his his point was, and I know, <laughs> you know, Bernie rattles the cages of a lot of people. Is he's like, what what are we really talking about here? Okay, two thousand dollars, and let's just say it goes to everybody, like the the wealthy one percent, three percent. You know, they're getting like a fraction of this in the grand scheme. And do you really think they give two shits about $2,000? Hell no. No. Compared to the other end. They wipe their asses with theirs a lot. Right. But his point was, he's like, but okay, let's just say this is socialism, right? This is what we're worried about. Well, let's talk about what the tax cuts did. And he points over to this big check. He's like, here's the check we wrote to Amazon. $149 million in tax relief we gave them. So where's the socialism? You're, you're welcome, Jeff right. Bezos. Pretty yeah. sure it's right here. You and know, Jeff Bezos' wife. Airlines, 129 million. You know, he's, right. he's like, so explain to me where the socialism is. <laughs> they can't, <laughs> but they love throwing the it. word around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Fair point. All right. So real quick, uh, well, I do want to take a break. Oh, I want to take a break because we need a word from our sponsors. We got to keep this show rolling. Somebody's got to pay for this fucking Apple cart. Apple cart. See what I did there, Haas? I think everybody should have a right. I, I, I would just like to point out the fact that, you know, Grinch was unflappable when we went on an <laughs> we tangent Apple tangent. Apples. He did not even miss it. <laughs> no, he didn't. He He's was like, like, fuck I'm these guys. I'm through. tired of these I don't guys. care. I'm not feeding to their bullshit anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mute you. Uh, I do. Yes. Uh, and then when we come back from our sponsor message, I, I do have another question because this was a, a debate that I actually had in my house about it. And so as it pertains to student loan and kind of the absolution of student debt. And so I, I definitely want to pose this question and get y'all's take on it real quick before I, I jump into the sponsor message. Haas, do you have any student debt? No. So I got lucky. Um, 
the law firm I worked for did tuition reimbursement so long as you made a certain grade average. Okay. And so, yeah, I, I made all A's. And so they paid me back a hundred percent of nice. everything that I had to, to, I had to pay it out of pocket first. And then but I got, I got, I got reimbursed. I would just submit them my invoices or bills or whatever. And they would, they paid <clears> me back everything. So no, okay. I do not. Uh, Mac and I think you are in the same boat, right? I know you were pursuing degrees. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone done some, you know, post-education, you know, or school and was lucky enough to, you know, do it through the tuition reimbursement. And thankfully, uh, if you went to a specific school, there was no out-of-pocket expense. Right. Um, they, they paid directly to the school as long as you made that, you know, I think it was above a C, which, Easy let's peasy. be honest, should be, you know, should be done. Right. But yeah, and that brings us up another topic that I want to touch on and I just want to throw it out there so we don't forget about it. Um, Thor, you and I have talked about this, going to school straight out of college or straight out of high school versus later in life when you might take it a little more seriously. Um, work, you know, is there well something to that, yeah. right? You know, get, you know, get these people into some jobs, you know, where they can maybe figure out, okay, this is what I want to do. And You're then right, allow right. that company to say, okay, let's help you further that education. We'll help pay for it. Um, and, and you might be a little more serious about doing it at that point, but we, we, you know, we can touch on that a little bit okay. later as well. Uh, and yeah, then I know we're going to sponsor. Can I just say to that point, where is the core curriculum come from? Like, why am I having to take theater and pay for it? Whoa, 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 really? How about music appreciation or art appreciation? Right, right. No, but I think I think you know intro classes are not. I'm gonna slap the shit out of both of you. Why am I having to pay for that shit to get a degree that has nothing to do with that core? Because you need to be well-rounded, which you. We talk about a racket. Oh, and then the books is an tennis racket. Well, let's not. Yeah, yeah let's we, we get on the book app. avenue. Okay, okay. Look, that's books let, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Board. Okay, real quick, <laughs> real quick. Grinch, Grinch, do you have? You have some student debt, right? Grinch, is that what you were saying? You have a little bit. Okay, all right, all right. So we'll do our sponsor message, and we can get back. I'll I will ask my question, then Mac, we can touch on what you said. Are you struggling to stay positive these days? Maybe you're feeling down during a transitional period in your life, like changing careers perhaps? Or are you simply getting your ass kicked by a bunch of tryhards in the latest Battle Royale gaming craze? Whatever your issue is, there is a solution for you. Dr. Grinchet's 37 Steps to Personal Enlightenment is a patent-pending course that will help make you a better you. As the best-selling author of Killing Your Inner Karen and trying too hard at being a tryhard, the hardest part of trying to succeed a comprehensive compendium to understanding the psychological impact of an individual's need to establish dominance in the gaming arena as a juxtaposition to their lack of control in a society built on suppression. Dr. Grinchet has devoted his life to a deeper understanding of the human condition, which has almost helped nearly thousands of individuals overcome their fears and anxiety. His 37 steps will help you tap into your inner humanist and allow you to see people for who they really are thereby circumventing the normal triggers of fear and anxiety. Just listen to a few testimonials. Paul Kay from Kenosha, Wisconsin writes, Before Dr. Grinchet, I was solving all my problems with alcohol and butt plugs. But after trying Dr. Grinchet's 37-step program, I found I was still looking for resolution to my problems at the bottom of a bottle and more butt plugs. But now I was no longer burdened with the stigma of it. Thanks, Dr. Grinchet. I could have done it without you. Alan O. from Intercourse, Pennsylvania, had this to say. For years, I watched my brother's wife using her inner Karen 
and I saw it beating my brother down. After anonymously sending her a copy of Dr. Grinche's best-selling book, Killing Your Inner Karen, I didn't see any change. But she did eventually snap and was arrested on an assault and battery charge, and she's serving two to five upstate. Now I'm noticing a big improvement in my brother's disposition. Thanks, Dr. Grinche. You've just heard a few nuggets of wisdom from the loyal Grinche customers. Now, let's hear from the guru himself. Hello, I'm Dr. Grinche, and with my formula for improvement, I personally guarantee 100% success at least 18% of the time. And if that doesn't work, then perhaps you'll see 23% success 91% of the time. Either way, if you're not completely satisfied with the results, then clearly you weren't doing something right to begin with. What are you waiting for? Take a chance and see what happens. Call now and put yourself on the road to personal freedom. And as a bonus, the next six callers will also receive a signed copy of Dr. Grinchet's upcoming book, Rage Quit, the self-help guide to the realization that the loss wasn't your fault, but a combination of bullshit and system error. Act now. All right. Thank you from that message from our sponsor. And we are back. Okay. So yeah, I was just going to ask the question real quick. And this again, from what I said before our sponsor message was a debate that we had in the house here about absolving student debt. And I said, you know, I, I think there would be a benefit to absolving student debt. Again, all the things we've talked about in terms of people being able to make better decisions about the choices they're going to make when they don't have that hanging over the head. And then I get some pushback from the family going, well, what about the people that, you know, Grinch, like you said, you guys are almost out of debt, right? You paid it off. What's your benefit? People are going to go, well, I paid off all of my debt. What do I get? Why the fuck should you get any like that? You got to start somewhere and move the train forward, right? Because then they were like, well, people that paid theirs off are going to want some recompense for the fact that they did it, right? I paid mine. I was judicious about budgeting my money, paid mine off. Why don't I get something? It's like, at some point, well, I think you should, I, I, and they should. I think you, you could give them a tax break for so many years. Well, that's and that's what one of the things they pose. We'll give them a tax break, and I'm like, okay, but if you give them a tax break, let's say they were a hundred grand in debt, how often and how much of a tax break do you get to offset that? And because it was like, well, if I give you a like a, a stimulus check, if I give you two thousand dollar tax break and you get that two thousand dollars back, that's nowhere near what you paid. So uh, again. Should that be something that we even consider? Should that stand in the way going, well, people that already paid theirs off are going to well, have an issue? I, I think you can't give them, not, I don't think you can give them nothing, but I think there has to be a middle ground. There has to be a compromise. I mean, how far back do you go at that point, right? Right. I mean, that's, that's the that's other a, question. It's a slippery slope. I mean, right. you know, I think to your point, you were saying you, you have to, you have to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, from this point going forward, this is it. You know, we're, we're going to pay this off. Right. And, and, and so they were like, yeah, but you're never going to do, people are going to get frustrated because they feel like they didn't get nothing and they, they paid off their debt. And I'm like, welcome to America. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. I'm like, it's what it is. You right. know, it, it, it's not a stimulus check. We're not getting scaled to the highest debt person. Right. I, you know, I guess I'll ask the question going the other way, which is, so does it happen again? <laughs> in terms is it of just what? one time and i was just unfortunate enough not to have gotten my paperwork in by the suspense you know <laughs> yeah and i guess that does become well yes i think like if you take that as the statistics state 1.6 trillion dollars and you go you know what? we're gonna wipe that debt that's gone but tomorrow if we start accruing more debt right what happens to that 10 years from now we're back to 1.6 trillion grinch i guess like you're saying do we do it again or we should back up a second too Go. Because if you wipe out all that debt, do you know how many private companies will, will go, go under? under? 
Yeah, I understand. How many employees are going to go under immediately. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I didn't make you get a job in a fucked up industry. That's on you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I understand There's, that. You yes. know, I, I, well, you know I, I think Newton's Newton's second or third law. Every action has an opposite and equal reaction, and that's the problem. Is is that it's not. It doesn't come without consequences. Okay, so then. Um, well, I let's think you assume. have to you have to address the issue going forward first, right? I don't think we have to look at you know abolishing student debt. It's the cost it of student now. debt. You have to forward. you have to fix the issue going forward. Right, and then you can go back and you know try and you know retroactively do something, because I think you know to Grinch's point you're just going to get right back in the same boat. And what the fuck did you really accomplish? So then if, if what you're saying is, you know what, if you've accrued student, student debt up until like right now, right, January of 2021, anything in the past, you're just stuck with that debt. You're going to pay it. But moving forward in January of 2021, no longer going to allow people to accrue debt. We're going to give you access to education. Is that what you're saying? Right? I, I think that's when, where, when they, think that's where they, you have to start. new laws, when, when there's, yeah, when there's new statutes, that's generally how it works. Right. Yeah. So you I know. would be okay with that. I, I'll sit on my 80 grand and pay it as I'm supposed to. Grinch will pay off what little he has left. You two benefit from the fact that you don't have it. But I think moving forward, so our kids don't deal with it, their kids don't deal with it. It was interesting when I was in uh, college the first time. So right after high school, going to DeKalb Community College, I had an instructor say, we are the first generation you know, because they always say generationally we swing on a pendulum, right? And they said, we are the first generation that will not do better than our parents. And, and they said, you know, the, this pendulum's always swinging and our parents hit the arc and now it's coming back down. So we won't do better. And I, I didn't have the foresight at the time, but I'm wondering now looking back going, is student debt part of that? Because I'm 80 grand in debt. So I don't, that's something I've got to account for in my, my budget every month. I have to pay that. Grinch, you've had to pay it, you and your wife. You know, so I'm not saying any of you didn't do better or worse than your parents. I'm just saying I thought it was interesting that that instructor said that. And now, of course, in looking back, I'm going, I'm wondering if one of the factors is the amount of student debt because our parents didn't incur the same debt we did. Well, that, that's what I was just about to say is if we unpack that, that generation, generational aspect of this a little bit, um, my cynicism will come out again. Um, which is, you know, the, the greatest generation fighting in World War II, going through the Great Depression, et cetera. Like, you know, they busted their asses during their generation to set their family, you know, to kind of get established. And maybe some of them, that was their first generation that ever been to college. Coming out of that was the baby boomers. And, you know, I know when you paint in broad strokes, you're going to catch a lot of people that don't deserve the indictment. But, I mean, I'll use my own parents in this case who were making solid money for a number of years in the eighties and didn't save a goddamn thing for college, not a goddamn thing. And so come time for me to go to college, there was nothing to start with nothing. So literally I was incurring debt, just like, I think we all were like from the moment you stepped onto that campus, right? Because there was nothing there. Now we, I think I'm hearing are more of, part of the planning and the savings that has occurred to set the conditions for our kids to be in a better place when they come out. It, it's it's death- the pain threshold, right? We, we were the ones that had to feel that pain threshold yeah. that you always so talk we about made a change. to say, oh, what do we need to do so our children, because that's the thing, right? You always want your children to do better than you. Right. What do we need to do to set our children up to not be in the same situation we were in? Yes. Right. And I think philosophically, I mean, that's where I am in life is, 
yes, as I'm, you know, making this transition, it is about setting the right conditions for them to get off. Then, you know, that using the pendulum analogy kind of comes back to the spouse and I of how we want to live, where we want to live. But yeah, I mean, like I'm not resentful of where I grew up and my quality of life and all that. You better not be. I, I am resentful of the fact that at the time between, you know, stepfather and mother, they're making more than I am today in the eighties and yet saved not a goddamn thing. Like that was indicative of the mentality of the eighties of the economy is going to be great forever. There is, it's just all up, right? It's just all up. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Which, which is why your mom, God love her, is still living in a ginormous fucking house she doesn't need. Right. <laughs> it's the same mentality. Yeah. So, uh, Mac, let's jump back to what you asked, the question you didn't want us to forget. So if you would just... What uh, was that question again? God. Hey, by the way, we're at... <laughs> We're adding that to the bingo card. Forgot the point that was going to be made. Yes. Okay. Oh no, I remember my point. Go ahead. Um, no, it, it just kind of revolved around the, the conversation you and I have had. Obviously, you know, you came out of school, uh, went into college, Fuck didn't do up. great. I came out right out of high school, went into college, probably did even worse. <laughs> um, so you know, didn't take it as serious as we probably should have, and obviously then went back to school later in life. When you, and I don't know what that what that reason is, right? Where you felt the need to be more responsible. Is that just because you're older now? Um, and, and I mean, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Grinch, I see you shaking your head, obviously, because it's kind of a stupid question. I'm sure that that's that's a lot of it. No, um, well, I mean, it's not an answer you take for granted. I don't think it's applicable to everybody, but I sure. I think I've heard us all say the same thing of like, you know, Grinch in the classroom today versus Grinch in the classroom back then. I mean, I didn't care. I wasn't really paying attention. I wasn't mature. Like nobody had really taught me what I really needed to be thinking about and thinking ahead. So it was just in the moment. And then I was your like, your mom didn't yeah. teach you maturity. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. 17 year old Mac didn't see the value of an education. Like, like, you know, 30 or 40 year old Mac does. Right. Uh, and Haas, what you said is you're like, oh, well, you know, you get out of high school and you get a job and then you go, oh, these are the things I want to do. Right. You get into a job and you realize what you want to do. I think for me, I got out of, I, fucked up in college and end up working in the restaurant business. And I think for me, it was, I don't want to be fucking washing dishes or cooking. Like it was those things. Like it was all the things I didn't want to get stuck doing. And that's just as important. Learning what you don't want to do right. is just as important as learning, as learning what you do want to do. Right. After spending you, too long in the restaurant, you know, you, business, I, went, you asked, I don't want this. You asked her on the podcast. I mean, my freshman year, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, for as long as I could remember, I wanted to be a physical therapist. And uh, that's what I always wanted to do. And, and when that didn't work out, I got very frustrated with college because then I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. I had no plan B. It took me years to figure out how much I enjoyed the law. And by the time I had figured that out, all my peers were already practicing and I hadn't even started my career. And so that's part of it too. You know, if, 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 if you know that you want this one thing and it's not obtainable for whatever XYZ myriad of reasons, you, you've got to have a plan B and a plan C, right? Um, and I didn't. I had all my eggs in that basket. Um, and so that's, yeah, I mean, that's one of those aspects where we don't have a system set up for that either, I don't think. Was finance your crutch? Was financials my crutch? In terms of getting that degree 
uh, in terms of pursuing physical no, therapy? No, mine, mine was timing, unfortunately. I don't know if you guys remember this, but, but Time Magazine used to put up like the top 50 careers to go into every year or whatever. The year before we graduated, they put out that article in Time Magazine and physical therapy was number one. So by the time I got to college and that was supposed to be my degree, they said, nope, the, the field's oversaturated. We've got no more room. You can go on a wait list or you can be an assistant physical therapy, which pays like nothing. And it's not even being a physical therapist, really. So, But if you get out of college with no debt, you could be an assistant physical therapist, right? Start, get a few hours, learn. I mean, at, you could have done that. At 18 years old, that was not how I saw it. <laughs> So yeah. part of your part of your roadblock was mental, right, and I, in your approach. Yeah, it I, wasn't going according to my plan. Right, and I think that's where some of my, like the right to, and I know we've we've clarified that a little bit, starts to get me a little leery. Is is holding people accountable? Because at the same time, like if this is taxpayer dollars, like fuck you, dude. Like you get a one point, whatever, you know. Like, why am I? Well, I think it goes back to, you know, just like with, with, you know, the tuition reimbursement. If you are not making exactly. a C in your class, yep. guess what? You're paying for that now. Yeah. And so, I'm okay with uh, that. You know, well, and the way it worked, and I think this is a good scale. So it's, it's a sliding scale. You make an A, 100% is paid for. You make a B, 80% is paid for. You make a C, 60% is paid for. You, you make know? anything below that, it's out yeah, of your and, pocket. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's my opinion. Yep. Yep. Because Agreed. you will you will weed out the people that don't want to go, yep. that don't right. want to apply themselves, and the people that do will absolutely take advantage of it. And I guess I'm another question that. I wanted to ask related to the debt relief is I think we haven't specified, but I think in our minds we've been suggesting that it's the federal government that kind of manages the program or incurs the it's gotta debt. Be. It's got to be this, this state, the state bullshit has got to go well, where you're but, out of state. And so you've got, yeah. you, I mean, you could literally like Charlotte, you could live just on the other side of the line, right? Right. In South Carolina, but you know, you're screwed if you try to go to school for their universities, the federal government, either. I, I know research. Yeah. So we can't sever the two in that yeah. regard without That's at least addressing point. it. You're right. That's a good point. And the same with kind of managing the students. And now, I mean, yeah, we're a much more mobile society, so it's more common to have lived in multiple places. But I think, I think that's got to be thought through of like, okay, oh, what? And the thing where you can take online classes, you can get full online degrees. I can go back to the University of South Carolina right now from Vienna and get a full freaking paralegals degree online. You can go to the Harvard of online universities. At, yes, what right. is that, University that's of right. Phoenix? Yeah, that, that hasn't made it out this way yet. No, I understood. And, 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 and part of the reason I asked that question is because, I mean, some states have in their constitution, they cannot spend into debt. Now, I know COVID, you know, has probably had some emergency situations that have occurred, but, you know, they, like their constitution just will not allow it. So they can't just say, we're just going to take on this debt. Now, the the biggest piggy bank that's around is, of course, the federal government and because it's a multi-trillion dollar budget annually, you know, and of course, discretionary spending keeps keeps getting smaller and smart, smaller out of that wedge, which is your defense, you know, all your... EPA, everything else. But that's what worries me a little bit is as soon as states no longer feel any part of that, they just keep passing that, that bill on. And next thing we know, we're like, how in the hell did this thing get this expensive? Right. Look, not, well, again, what, what is going to require is an overhaul of, of taxes and in, in, in the tax system. That, and that's again, the only way it fixes it. It fixes healthcare okay. and it fixes education. And we've talked about healthcare, you know, nothing's clean. There's no clean solution. There's no clean answer. With most things, there never will be. And I don't think somebody can push a button tomorrow 
and absolve all student debt. We start from square one moving forward. I mean, I get that that's never going to happen. That's a pipe dream. And I understand that politicians like to run on that platform. They want to get votes and I get it. Do I think my debt will be absolved? No, I think I'm going to pay it back and that's fine. But I would like to see moving forward, at least kids, grandkids, great grandkids and so on, not being fucking overburdened with debt so that they can make a decision about their employment and their life moving forward that is more beneficial. Like when that pendulum swings, I want my kids to do better than me. And I don't want them tied down to some dumb shit that forces the opposite. And again, I think it goes back to the discussion we had earlier with, you know, deciding what is a, a required degree um, for, for specific job fields, right? You know, we've talked about trade school. Um, you look at it now, I mean, you know, when we, when we all went to school, you know, it was, okay, you go get a four-year degree. You get a bachelor's degree, you're good, right? Now, you have to have a master's degree right. in, in a lot of cases. I mean, every, you know, you run into everybody, they have master's degrees, so well, now you're talking about, you know, additional school on top of the four, you know, four plus years to get that. Well, again, um, I don't know how it, North Carolina does it with you two, but here in the state of Florida, they put a cap on how many, it's 120 credit hours at college to earn a bachelor's and they put a cap. You cannot take any more than X amount of hours over. So let's say 10 hours over. So it forces students, they can't go, oh, I'm going to take fine arts classes. Maybe I want to do fine art. Not nope, fuck fine art. I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to take international law. Nope. Fuck. I don't want to do that. I'm going to do vet because they put a cap on the number of hours. After that, you can't continue. So it forces them to, to, to make a decision early on. Cause Mac, I know you said early, like you don't get to declare a major to like your sophomore year. Well, I know in the state of Florida, they don't allow you to just jump from class to class. And I guess it's their way of reducing student debt because it forces you to make decisions real quick about what you want to do. Because if you exceed that, those hours, you're fucked. Yeah. And I will say, I, I don't know, again, I'm speculating, but I think that if I were behind that, that kind of decision, part of me is on board with that because it is a throughput system. And it's like, look, the university can, can technically only have so many students. I don't want somebody here who's just sitting or sitting here fucking around because they don't know what they want to do with their life for their third degree. Like it's a right. I get that, but it's also a right for me if I'm running the program to go, it's a right. You can go somewhere else, (laughs) (laughs) go to the, the Harvard of online schools or something. Cause I've got a whole crop of other freshmen or people who have been busting their tail in a community college that want to get in. They're ready to transfer and they've got the GPA to back it up. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, move along. <laughs> Go find yourself. <laughs> well, well, and we've clearly proven that, 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 you know, that schools will not just simply blindly take your money. Um, if you are not meeting the, uh, the criteria, they will cordially invite you not to return. I can't um, tell you how many times I've heard you say that over the years. <laughs> I just think it's fantastic. It I mean, is. you know, politely and nicely say you're not allowed to come back. Yeah, we we, we feel guilty taking your money at this right. point. You're done. Yeah, I mean, because you know, in some cases, and let's just use the whole USC parent gate thing that happened, right. college gate. Or whatever I, like, I like the fact that if those kids did not meet muster, regardless of how much money they had, they weren't getting it. Right. But and we so, all know that's obviously not the case. You're right. I mean, we, we, right. There's, they got caught. There's other ways to influence and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just, 
like I want to give some of these institutions some respect that I think is deserved. Like they do want quality classes coming in. They do want to educate. I mean, they're just kind of in the midst of it all. It's like we talked about the frontline healthcare workers. Like they can't solve the shit. They're just, they're, they're just bearing the brunt of it. I don't think any individual university can solve it. And I know like even in the case of North Carolina, like, you know, state budgets were cut for what they were providing to universities and, and colleges. And they're like, well, we got to figure this out. I mean, it's a multi-million dollar institution we're running that has facilities that have to be maintained in all this. Right. We yeah, I mean, you have to pay, you know, th th there's a reason they charge you for room and board because there's a physical room there that has to have electrical, power, plumbing, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, d does it become, you know, and we, you know, we'll go back to our healthcare discussion that we had, you know, a while back. Does it come back to, okay, we set up a federal school system that says, okay, you can go to any of these schools, you know, there's, you know, several in every state for $500 a semester, you know, no, you know, no, that's it. Plus your books and you get a degree, you know, they're, they're, they're good schools. And then if you want to go to a Duke or a Miami or a Harvard or wherever, you can absolutely go and pay out of your pocket and, and incur that debt. But we've given you the low cost alternative that is, you know, it's probably not, you know, let's be honest, it's probably not as good as a Duke because they obviously have access to more money, but it's very good and you will get a good, you know, job coming out of that. You'll get the, you know, you'll get a solid education. I mean, you know, or do we look at something like that as a solution? I think at this point, everything's on the table. And again, that's not well, a bad solution. Neither is the sliding scale. You get A's, it's paid for. You get B's, 80%. You know what I'm saying? It forces people to then up their game going, well, I want my education paid for. I'm getting all A's. Right, which, but you have to figure out which schools, right? Because obviously your private schools, you right. can't force to do that. They're private schools. But then um, if you levelize school education costs across the board, you go, no more private institution, no more out-of-state fees. Everybody's going to charge a flat rate. It's, boom, this per credit hour, every institution. Well, I don't what think you're ever going to get rid of private institutions. just like um, you wouldn't get rid of private health care. Um, you, you, you know, you can provide that option. If people want to pay it, that's their choice. True. You know. And you'll have people that will. You know, the, the other thing. parts with his money all the time, right? So let them right. do that. But, you know, you have the option to go and get that degree at no or low cost. Right. Somewhere yeah, else. I'm good with that. So. The, the other thing that occurs to me that we haven't mentioned is if, if we had a viable minimum minimal living wage in the US, that would solve a lot of problems too. Because people wouldn't be chasing pipe dreams data before to be able to live the the minimal life that they want to live. They'd be okay with that and they'd be able to do it. Instead, because the minimal living wage is not sustainable, people don't go down the avenue. It forces their hand to make choices they otherwise wouldn't make. So I think if we had a, you know, a viable minimal living wage, that would also help in this in this issue. Probably true. Probably true. A number of factors, yeah, but, obviously. But the would problem play a is your, your, your viable minimum wage is going to raise the cost of everything around it. When it get done, right? I mean, I, yeah. I watched a special they did on uh, the citrus industry, you know, specifically around the orange groves in Polk County, Florida. And, you know, they're paying those guys pennies on the dollar. But if they paid them what, you know, you would expect to be a living wage, your gallon of orange juice would now cost you 22 50 
So, no. And you would drink less orange juice. Water. Right, but I'm just saying you would require more quality over, you know, quantity. Right. And that's okay, too. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying that that's the flip side of that is that, you know. I, I'm not saying, cost, again, and I'm not saying that I wouldn't pay, reaction. right? I, I get where you're coming from, but a lot of people would, would balk at that then. And <laughs> I know we're getting off topic there. We sound that. so intelligent. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's just wrap things up there. We've we've talked about a lot of things. You know, we've heard a lot of valid points. Actually, actually heard some solutions, which I think was beneficial. Again, is there a clean one? Is there a catch-all? No, I don't think so. I, I just I wanted to talk about this topic because, again, like I said at the beginning, two of you I know are are probably dealing with some of these issues in terms of financial aid, student debt. What choices are my kids making about where they want to go? Uh, thankfully, uh, you know, like I said, my, my kids are on the backside of that walking out with no debt. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Haas, you know, you are in a similar situation, but you know, your kid will be getting out with no debt. That's a huge benefit to them. And hopefully when starting their lives, that will make things so much simpler for them. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure what the question is to wrap this up, but you know, at the end of the day, I would love to be able to absolve my 80 grand. Do I think that's going to happen? Never. Well, I think we're going to put a link on our Instagram page for a GoFundMe for you. So anybody that's listening, want to go out and contribute a couple bucks? Let, let's make that happen. I'm willing to. I'm willing to put in five bucks. I appreciate that. This is- <laughs> I'm good for two dollars or two euro fifty. <clears throat> that's like five bucks. Right? There you go. All right. Yeah, we'll end there. Thank you, gentlemen. I do appreciate it. As we wrap things up here, we invite all of our listeners to join the debate by dropping us a line at spiriteddebates at gmail.com. You can send in topics you'd like us to debate, drink recipes you'd like us to try, or just general feedback on how to make the show better. And don't forget, you can always follow us on Instagram or Facebook at a spirited debate or on Twitter at spirited debates. Feel free to press follow, like, subscribe, whatever the fuck you got to do. And if you don't, as I said at the beginning, we're just happy that you're here listening and we hope that you continue. 